0: Well, how about another week? The checkerboard chatter back with you as we recap not only the first 10 days of practice, but also kind of how things are unfolding as we say here Monday. It's August the 14th, and we are 19 days away until Tennessee officially opens up the football season with a September 2 showdown with the Virginia Cavaliers. What's up, Tyler Ivins? You know where to find me on the DMs. If I'm not chatting, there's a good chance that I'm bringing all the news and stuff you need, whether locally, ninety nine point one in Knoxville, or right here, inside the Ball Report. Which you know, look here, the things that we do on the Ball Report as we sit nineteen days away until it's football time in Tennessee. Man, are they just busting their rear ends! I mean, look, it's one thing for me to do it here from the comforts of my lovely fire pit and all the TV digital things that we do. But people like Ryan and Noah, the rest of the team there at the ball Report, man, do they bust their rump. So how about all the coverage? Feet inside the facility? Well, there's people who do that. And for $9.99 a month, you could know what's happening at UT, even if you're not at UT. Look, there's a lot of people who do podcasts, and they do a lot of the whole scrimmage. And uh, I was in town, for, but they're not in town. That They're not there at practice. They're not there for every coaching availability. Our guys are. So for the amount of a big box coffee, you should get a subscription 19 days out before the volunteers and Cavaliers get together at Nissan Stadium, that in Nashville, Tennessee. I think it's right that we start this episode of the Checkerboard Chatter kind of in reflecting. Uh, one week ago today, uh, some storms devastated the East Tennessee area. Heck, um, right outside this window, to, as a matter of fact, uh, a block around the corner, uh, a category F2, touched, uh, F2 tornado actually touched down uh, here in the area. Um, I had damage done to the home. Uh, fence, we won't get into the insurance purposes. Uh, I was out of the house for a couple of days. Power was out. There were a lot of people who watch the chatter who live right across the street from me uh, and their dining rooms are in their garages, their living rooms are in their backyards. Um, Some of those people are still staying in hotels. Uh, A lot of you have reached out and said, you know, my kids are swimming in the pool right now and I'm keeping a strong face. I'm smiling, uh, entertaining with Tennessee football just so I can get away for a couple of hours or just for a couple of minutes. We're here for you. What makes East Tennessee one of the best incredible places to live is because of you, us, uh, us, our community, our, our family. We, we may have never met. Maybe you just know me through this, the screen, or maybe you just know me through your smart device. Maybe you just listen to me on the radio. I had damage. You've had damage. We had our lives interrupted for an extended period of time. So if myself... If Ryan, if Tyler Mansfield, if Noah, who, who the entire staff, if we can take a few minutes to take you away from the reality of what is calling insurance agencies or filing different things to make sure that your family's taken care of. I mean, come on. School just started the very next day last week. And a lot of families man with their lives turned upside down. I don't want to take too much time. I just want to let, you know, reach out to us, let us know, let us be in an ear and let's get ready for a big season as we cover this Tennessee football program, all right? Upbeat time. Let's get to it. Well, 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 what did we learn storyline-wise last week from the University of Tennessee? What are some of those things that are are known to the listener, that are known to the viewer? Well, if you've been crossing your fingers and toes or maybe you've been holding your breath, you got a big sigh of relief, a collective sigh of relief, especially when Josh Hypo brought up the news about starting center Cooper Mays. Cooper Mays? Very excited to announce he's not going to miss any time. Small procedure done. He'll be ready to go September the 2nd when the Volunteers take care of the Cavaliers. I did say take care. That's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Josh Heupel, the status of your starting senior.
1: Uh, Coop, Coop had a, a minor procedure uh, late yesterday, and and uh, uh, he'll be back. He'll be healthy uh, as we get close to the kickoff. Uh, anticipate that being a couple-week deal. But uh, uh, today, uh, we rotated through a bunch of guys. You know, Ollie, uh, Parker Ball, um, you know, young guys, Vice and Addison Nickel, and and uh, those guys are all competing for uh, for those spots. All of those guys have taken some reps, even when Cooper's here too. As uh, as we continue to look for uh, for that backup center spot.
0: So Josh Heupel say saying all is well when it comes to six three, the big man. I've said multiple times here on the chatter, Tennessee can ill afford to lose two guys, and coincidentally. They're going to spend a whole lot of time with each other. Quarterback Joe Milton, who we're going to hear about coming up momentarily. And Cooper Base, the aforementioned center. I remember when the conversation simply used to be, who will be better, Kate or Cooper? And that was when the brothers were both manning the offensive line at the University of Tennessee. Not only do I believe that now that question is very much... Well, in question, Cooper, I think, might have passed Cade, even though, you know, Cade, sixth-rounder to Carolina. That's a tall drink of water. But I don't think anybody would really disagree that the importance of Cooper Mays, the quarterback of the offensive line, and the health that he shows throughout the entirety of the season might be the most important storyline to the University of Tennessee, not named Joe Milton. Look, I get it talking about quarterbacks and 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 bringing up the quarterback. That's huge. It's massive. It's not lazy because look, can you name somebody else who is the who is the poster child or shows any type of importance to the level that Joe Milton does? No, the, the answer is no. Now there's collective units, sure, but big bright smile looks like a Greek God at 6'5", 240 plus. We know the attributes, we know the stats, we know what fruit he can throw the length of a football field. Cooper Mays is just as important. You know, it was a week ago today before the storms came in, Glenn Ellerby, the offensive line coach, he met with the University of Tennessee staff and the media, and he said, you know, we had some difficulties transitioning, getting the snap to the quarterback. But he also went on to say how versatile this offensive line was. He talked about also just how deep this offensive line can go. And you, you're a fan, you're a listener. What was the last time Tennessee had depth where they could go 10 deep that they could rearrange, reshuffle the deck and they could start lining up the way that they are. It's it's a plus this year. It's a luxury for the University of Tennessee and Glenn Ellerby to have that many pieces in place and to be able to get through an entire season. Now let's hope that the injury bug doesn't strike or in fact that Cooper Mays, he could take this small reset that he could take this opportunity while they find out who in fact can be an understudy for him. And they don't have to pull that card that at any time, they never have to actually find out who the understudy will be for Cooper Mays. Some other names this week who have been also taking snaps at center. You just heard Josh reference, Ollie Lane other names include Cooper Mays as well. You know who else you can add to that name as well. Dane Davis is also starting to take snaps at center. So I don't think that it kind of goes with any kind of scoffing. I think a discussion can be had, but I think that the Cooper Mays health storyline, hopefully it's not one that we have to keep highlighting or one that we have to keep pointing out because Joe Milton can be the next Heisman Trophy winner or he can be the next unlocked quarterback NFL prospect of the future. But if you don't have a healthy offensive line that can't keep a guy his size off his rear end, it's going to be a very long season at the University of Tennessee. So good news when it comes to the offensive line. Let's talk about protecting that quarterback, Joe Milton. Al bazooka, Joe, you've learned for so many years, and your handful of starts between Ann Arbor and Knoxville, now the floor is yours. The reins are back in your hands. And you, my friend, have been talked about a whole lot through many publications nationally, whether it's CBS, whether it's Fox, whether it's Bill Conley himself. He came out with a list, Conley did last week, of 25 players. The top 25 players who have the largest say in the path to the college football playoff. If there are many players who can dictate based on their production on the field or the lack thereof that allow opponents to surpass them, Who were some of those players? And yes, there were usual suspects. You heard a lot about J.J. McCarthy, Michigan quarterback. Drew Allar, the Penn State quarterback. Brock Bowers at Georgia. Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State. One of the three Stooges at Alabama. What about Spencer Rattler, K.J. Jefferson? Even Connor Wigman at Texas A&M. But in the eyes of Bill Conley, there is no quarterback. There is no player in college football that has the largest say in who goes where and plays for what? than Joe Milton at the University of Tennessee. His fingerprints will be all over the path to the college football playoff. And why wouldn't it be? The two biggest challenges? Well, it's been the challengers, not just in the conference, but nationally for the decade plus. It's been Georgia and Alabama. When you look at some of those other candidates, we brought up Drew Allar just moments ago. Is Drew Allar at Penn State not in a similar stat, uh, in a similar stature as Joe Milton is? He's got Ohio State Michigan that he has to deal with. So all in all, A lot of people looking around at not only Joe Milton, the player, the if things go well, things could be unlocked player that Joe Milton could be. But before we even start talking about the season and whether or not Joe Milton is what Tennessee thinks he can be and that Josh Heupel took a few extra minutes or beats or seasons to unlock what's inside the head. How about we talk about whether or not Joe Milton's actually taking to the offense at the university of Tennessee, the first scrimmage just a few days ago, that was Thursday inside Neyland stadium. So Josh, let's ask you, is in fact Joe Milton grasping your offense? What are some of those small things he needs to work on?
1: In the offense, he's, he's operating and handling at a, uh, a really high level right now. Decision making, understanding protections, um, you know how to get himself protected or you know throw hot. Um, you know his eyes as far as you know what he's seen from the second level pre-snap and, and on the snap, he's been really good at uh, at that part of it. Situational football for the quarterback, continuing to grow just in understanding, you know, four-minute situation, which we did from a backed-up situation today, you know, clock management, all of those things are just a continued part of all of those guys' growth, you know, from from Joe all the way to, uh, to Gaston Moore and everybody that's in the room.
0: So, you hear there, Josh Heupel, with high praise. There are some small things that need to be worked on, but right now for the most part 19 days until you open up against Virginia you're probably in a good space right now and 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 really you know what I think Joe just needs to understand that in the headspace that he's in and remember he shared a little bit of that with us one-on-one when we chatted with him at SEC media days in the headspace that Joe Milton's in right now he's had this opportunity and really man I don't know if it could have been put any better for Joe Your best friend, the guy that you took under your wing and then he did for you, hidden hooker, showed you the offense and how to slow it down. He showed you the opportunity on how to kind of digest and how to also translate a very foreign offense for many quarterbacks. Look, not not everybody can just show up on campus and go, here's your playbook from Josh Heupel. Learn it left to right, cover to cover, and get back to me. You know, to me, that'd be like kind of performance surgery. I couldn't show up. Even the brightest minds couldn't just show up and go flip, 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 flip. Yeah, let's run that play. It's good. So Joe Milton, who had all the pressure taken off of him last year, Joe Milton, who got a chance to learn every step of the way, not just on the football field, but going out to dinner, walking their dogs, in the dorm rooms, inside their condos together. He had an opportunity to kind of have an on-site quarterback tutor, offensive coordinator tutor with him for how many different months? Throughout the year last year. And now Joe Milton, who many people have pointed out, including me, who has all the potential in the world, is now faced with an opportunity where he can take his game and push it to the next level. And you just heard from the comments there from his head football coach, look, his DNA is on the offense. You know, it's one thing to absorb the offense, but then when you get comfortable with the offense, all right, what kind of wrinkle can you put in here? What kind of wrinkle can you put in there? Joe Milton this year, with having his best friend beside him all last year. Not only has he taken to liking Nico and becoming a mentor as Hendon was for him, but now you can see the confidence, not only growing in his eyes, but even Josh Heupel. You know, it's, it's so funny. I I feel like the more and more that we're with Josh Heupel and we cover Josh Heupel, we're starting to get a little bit of an idea of kind of his body language, how he delivers a lot of his comments Josh Heupel feels like that he is getting the best Joe Milton that he has gotten since the first time he heard his name enter the transfer portal from Michigan and said, that's our guy. Get Joe on the phone, see if he wants to come to Knoxville. And all the injuries, out of all the mental anguish, out of all the practices and all the get-to-know-use, yous we are 19 days away of finding out, in fact, can Joe Milton forcefully push the disease out of the way that was overthrows and shortcomings. And can he show not only locally in the fan base, but nationally, what we saw in the Vanderbilt game and what we saw in the win against Clemson in the orange bowl was not a fluke. In fact, it was a step in the right direction. If it's the little things he still has to work on, he has time to do so. You can work on little things in games against Virginia. You can work on little things in games against Austin P. Maybe I'm doing myself a disservice for you because you tune into this show and you listen and you watch, but I'll say it. Joe Milton's got a little bit more than a month to work on the little things because in my eyes and ears, Joe Milton doesn't face his first test till he goes to Gainesville on September 16th. Then, the night game in the swamp. Then, That's when we're going to find out just how good Joe Milton is. We're going to find out if, in fact, that extra time in the locker room, in film session, with his best friend, spent with his coordinator, and his head coach, if, in fact, Joe Milton can be the man. Can Joe Milton be that guy? Based on the confidence I'm hearing from Josh Heupel, I think that's just a few short steps away. You are inside the Checkerboard Chatter. Tyler Ivins here. A reminder, coming up next week, there will be mailbags. Going to get in touch with Ryan and Noah, find out what they're seeing from a daily look there at camp inside Tennessee fall practice. And not only that, but it's going to be a very busy week, especially for coaches. Uh, Tuesday, that'll be tomorrow, the 20th, excuse me, the 15th. It's going to be Willie Martinez, the secondary coach. Let's find out just who, in fact, is going to be a big piece to what they want to do in a defensive pass that, Ranked 131st last, excuse me, 127 of 131. There's a lot of numbers there. I apologize. Also next week, let's talk to the special teams coordinator. How hot is chilly? Mike Eckler. Find out just really something that not a lot of us know about. And that's what's the special teams going to look like in Knoxville this year on Rocky Top. Eckler, never short or never going to just keep you from getting a, uh, a juicy quote. We'll just call it that. Look, I know it's not the sexiest thing in the world, but it's still important, especially when it comes to the success of the University of Tennessee. And that is how well is the defense going to fare in 2023 for the University of Tennessee? I'm going to stop you real quick. Let's pause. If I asked you to name the one player and you only get one, if I asked you to name the one player who this year in 2023 has to have the largest impact defensively for Tennessee to be back in a similar state than they were last year, and that was on the path to the college football playoff and competing for a national championship, who would it be? I'll give you a second. You probably said Amari Thomas. Maybe you said Aaron Beasley. Those would both be respectable answers. How about one? One that I think a lot of Tennessee fans – they desperately want to see Take the Next Step. And his final go round, his final fall practice for the University of Tennessee. What about the Knoxville native? What about the Catholic product, Tyler Barron? Tyler Barron was one of many players who were brought up when Rodney Gardner went to the podium last week in Knoxville. And when you asked Rodney specifically about number nine, he didn't mince any words. He was very passionate about what he thought about Tyler Barron and what could happen if he unlocks really the potential that so many people have been waiting for over the last couple of seasons, uh, you
2: know, a lot. And uh, I think he's just, he's grown, you know, as a young man. Uh, and I think he's bought in more, <clears throat> you know, to the team concept and just, and I think he's being more of a team guy, more of a Tennessee guy than, than a Tyler guy. You know, and then I think he's starting to see that if Tennessee does well, then Tyler Baron's going to do well. You know what I'm saying? But if Tennessee does poorly, then the odds are you know Tyler Baron's not going to do as well. So, and that's everybody. That's not just Tyler. Uh, that's everybody. Just you know, getting them to understand that you know this is a uh, a, a team a team sport, uh, and it, it's the greatest you know the greatest team sport out there. And just you know them understanding you know how blessed they are to have an opportunity to play at a program like this to play in this conference to play with the type of young men that they're playing with you know that we're just all truly blessed, and we just need to understand that you know these are once in a lifetime opportunities, so we need to bond together, you know we work extremely hard, but if we want to, we need to bond together and make it special, you know because you know if we are all pulling the rope in the same direction then we definitely got an opportunity to do some special.
0: Again, Rodney Gardner. When that man speaks, I think a lot of people listen. I, I always make the jokes here locally the jokes here locally on one when we do afternoon drive, myself and Will West. I always make the jokes. I think everybody needs a Rodney Gardner in their life, not only because he's deep, baritone voice, but when people listen, people hear a man who speaks the truth. He is a man who demands excellence every time you step out of bed, not just on the football field. If you clean your house, he demands excellence. If you go to the grocery store, he demands excellence. It doesn't matter if you're spending the day by the pool or if you're hanging out with friends out of state. Every day is a job, and for Rodney Garter, he wants to make sure that excellence is had by each one of those people. For student athletes, obviously the bar is raised a little bit higher. For Tyler Barron, What a career at the University of Tennessee. And what I mean by what a career, I mean, what a career. It's been kind of a little bit of a head scratcher. Tyler Barron, who when he first got here, a lot of people went, okay, can you imagine what a couple more years in a college weight room and system will do for Tyler? And then the injury struck. And then there were the concerns that perhaps maybe he wasn't going to be back on the field for third downs. And then it was concerns that perhaps maybe his first step wasn't fast enough. It it seems that at different times, whether it was footwork, handwork, he he was never going to be considered a threat to get to the quarterback. But then slowly but surely, you started seeing this monster start to emerge. At times last year when Byron Young was being double teamed, Tyler Barron was breaking free, having big stops on third down. Could he put it all together, though, this offseason? And when talking to Rodney Gardner, not heard in that clip, but Gardner said, in fact, Tyler Barron has had the best offseason since he came a student athlete at the University of Tennessee. And, and to dig a little deeper, you did hear in that clip, he simply said, not only do I ask this out of Tyler Barron, but I ask this to all my players. To go out there and obviously put forth the best effort. He believes Tyler Barron, this is Rodney Gardner, Tennessee's defensive line coach. Rodney Gardner believes if in fact that Tyler Barron goes out and has a monster out of the cage, get out of my way season, that will reflect on Tennessee's win and loss a win-loss record. If you look at Tyler Barron's numbers at the end of the season and they were mediocre or poor, there's a good chance Tennessee's record was mediocre or poor. And yes, he asks that out of all his players that this defensive lineman or that defensive lineman or defensive lineman see that if their defensive numbers do not show a bright spot that Tennessee probably fell short of their goal this year. Tyler Barron though, more than anyone has to have that monster season. And yeah, look, I know it's easy for me to be like, well, of course off the edge, Byron young, who's going to replace Byron Tyler Barron, much like Joe Milton on the offense has had an opportunity to grow, not only as a student athlete and a person, but grow as a football player in the Southeastern conference. Tennessee's not going to be able to reach Atlanta or flirt with the college football playoff or even sign the RSVP to go dance it in December and January if they don't have a presence on the defensive line. Look, it's a tale as old as time. If you want to be good in the Southeastern Conference, you got to run the football or you got to stop the run. If you want to be great in the Southeastern Conference, do both very well. Tennessee's going to have a strong running game this year. But this year, are they going to be able to stop the run? Are they going to be able to get pressure on quarterbacks that Tennessee's going to see? Florida just named Graham Merritt's their starting quarterback. You're going to be able to get to Graham Merritt's? I believe Ty Simpson gets the starting job in Tuscaloosa. You're going to be able to get to Ty Simpson, Carson Beck, Connor Wigman, Spencer Rattler, Devin Leary, Frank Harris, lefty, agent zero, quarterback at UTSA. you going to be able to get to a guy who can move out of the pocket first glance? We could sit here till we're blue in the face and talk about Tennessee. But defensively, who's going to emerge identity-wise for this defense whose name is not Amari Thomas, whose name isn't Aaron Beasley? Tyler Barron, this is the moment. This is where Tyler Barron has to show that, in fact, all the years of injury woes, all the years of shortcomings, and all the negativity that's been spit comes to an end now. Between now and September the 2nd, it's time for, in fact, Tyler Barron to take over a role that many people were hoping that he would take over. Unrealistically, I might add. It was unrealistic for anybody to ask that. But for him to be able to take over a role that so many people have been hoping and begging that he would since the first time he emerged on campus. Could you imagine getting three downs out of Tyler Barron? Being able to sit there and watch him each down on the drive, he is too good of a football player. He has an opportunity to insert himself into the conversation of who's a candidate to be drafted first at the University of Tennessee in next year's NFL draft. Joe Milton aside, we get that. If Milton is awesome, he's going to be a first-rounder. Remember last year when the Kansas City NFL draft was over, everyone's like, yeah, I think Brew McCoy is probably the guy. Why can't it be Tyler Barrett? Why can't it be somebody who immediately, you saw how quickly defensive ends and tackles were going in the back half of the first round in the Kansas City NFL draft. So why can't Tyler Barron take over that role this year? You know, I, I, I sat here, I really genuinely believe in a different order, the three guys that we talked about that were highlighted today in this week's chatter, they're the three most important people to the University of Tennessee, at least the football program in this year. I'd go Milton one, I'd go Cooper Mace two, I'd go Tyler Barron three. And I don't think that's unrealistic. I think for a lot of people out there, sure, you want to be able to sit there and go, yeah, big transfer portal guy comes in and has a massive step. You know, John Campbell Jr., being able to slide J.J. Crawford or the Mincy combination to last year's Darnell Wright position. Yeah, man, that'd be great to see Gabe Judy Lawley in the secondary. You know, it's Keelan Peely, be able to see him at linebacker kind of be a bash brother for what Aaron Beasley wants to do. To me, I believe it's all pipe dreams. To me, that there are established names that have been at the University of Tennessee who this year, this is the year they leave their footprint on the map for the Tennessee football program who's been wanting and needing them to emerge. Cooper may stay healthy. Knock the narrative. Joe Milton, turn the light bulb on. Knock the narrative. Tyler Barron, go out there and use what you've learned for the past three, four-plus years. Knock the narrative and get a hold of the quarterback this year. We started today's Checkerboard Chatter letting you know we're thinking about you. Look, a week ago wasn't the best time for us. Heck, there's even severe weather that's going to be in the in the area not only tonight, but over the next couple of hours and days. Here on the Checkerboard Chatter, if we can take away a little bit of that stress and, and give you some more insight on what's happening in the world, especially when it comes to the University of Tennessee, we want to do that. And we say thank you for giving us your time each and every day. Thank you for reading the articles that our hardworking staff put out. And, and thank you for interacting back and forth there on the message board, on the Rocky Top Forum. $9.99 a month, guys. That's what it takes for you to get feet in the facility. The people who every day wake up, and the number one priority is to bring you Tennessee football. That's you. Yeah, you. My name is Tyler Ivins. We're going to get the message. We're going to get the met. Let's get the mailbag in order for next week's show because as we hear from the secondary and we hear from special teams, I think a lot of people are going to want to know what just is a realistic outlook for Tennessee football. And we learned earlier today that Tennessee is coming in as the number 12 ranked team in the Associated Press poll. So what is it that exactly the 63 votes the AP are seeing that perhaps maybe the coaches didn't see when they made Tennessee the number 10 team in the land? By the way, a little quick little mark, there were only five SEC teams that did make the top 25 from the Associated Press. No surprise, Georgia took 60 of those, 63 first-place votes. Alabama, four, LSU, five. As I mentioned, the Volunteers coming at number 12. And then near the bottom, you had uh, you had Old Miss and Texas I misspoke. Texas A&M also making the list as well. So six SEC teams making the fold. That 22-23 spot, Rebels, Aggies. The wrap up the AP. Okay, Tyler Ivins, get the message bag, hit it hard. We'll get to that next week. We'll also find out what is it that Noah and Ryan are also seeing in camp as we get closer and closer to that September 2 date. Hard to believe we're 19 days away until it's football time in Tennessee. What you need from us is everything Tennessee football, and you can find it right here on the Checkerboard Chatter. My name is Tyler Ivins. Subscribe, like, get the views and listens in. The Checkerboard Chatter on the Vol Report here on your Tennessee